0: Hello, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. Here, we believe success is inevitable and everything is possible. On each episode, we get real about the entrepreneurial journey and look at what it means to lean into your intuition, feel in alignment with your business, have coffee with resistance, and trust in abundance. We answer the tough questions. How can we show up authentically in business, with integrity and relationships, deeply seeking in our spiritual practice and with grace and motherhood and beyond. This podcast celebrates the anti-hustle, healing from toxic productivity, prioritizing rest, and discovering tools that will support both your healing and business growth journeys. Your time and energy are precious resources, so thank you for being here. Your presence is a gift and your business is thanking you. Get ready to get real, get honest, and Hey guys, and welcome back to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma, and today is a very special episode to me. I have been, I feel like fangirling isn't even like a strong enough word (laughs) for how pulled I've been towards Brooke over the last, I don't know, five years or so since I came into your orbit. So this feels like a long time coming for me in many ways, and I'm just super grateful. And I know you guys are going to get so much out of this. Brooke is one of my absolute favorite people to follow, to be in like presence with energy with virtually right now. It's just felt so safe and so healing and such a breath of fresh air in this crazy industry that we're all in. And so before I introduce you, um, Brooke is the co-founder of Axis Mundi, a licensed therapist who's certified in psychedelic assisted therapies and research. Brooke has worked for a psilocybin retreat company, assisted a shaman during ayahuasca ceremonies, and has years of experience working with individuals, couples, and groups. She's committed to helping others access their inherent worth, power, and beauty so they may know the love that they are and live a life aligned with their truth. So just from that bio alone, I'm sure you can gather why Brooke is here, but welcome and thank you for being here. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Krista. It's an honor to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I have been so drawn to you for so long. I was like an outskirts fangirl, like casually DMing for a while, you know, and then finally, like I introduced myself and it sort of like went from there. But I definitely like slid into your DMs years ago and have just been following your work ever since. And I want to share how I was drawn to you because it was just such a karmic pull. There's like nothing else I can use to explain this. And I haven't felt this since I did my Reiki master training in 2013. So over Christmas break, as all of you guys know, I'm like very newly postpartum and very busy and have a lot going on as we all do. And I saw Brooke post about her microdose practitioner training. And although I had never felt an interest in doing this until that moment, it was this instant, like, I have to do this. I have to be a part of this and I will make the time. And I know I shared about that a little bit on one of my solo episodes about how I just was really pulled to this training. And so I did it. I signed up, I reached out to Brooke and in the very first Training module at the end of class when Brooke finished her intro and spiel, I was like hooked. I was all in. I already knew at that moment why I had joined. But then, like, there across the screen in big letters was Neem Kuroli Baba, who I am a devotee of and am just like, if you know who Maharaji is, he was Ram Das's guru. And I've talked about him a lot on this pod. But that connection, I just was like, okay that's why we're here. And for me, that's about like love and truth. And so that's what I got from your training. It was one of the best trainings I've done. And thank you for that. And I just wanted to share what led me to you because it was just this strong pull of like, I have to do this training. And now I know why I got so much out of it. And I want to share my journey to that. But I just wanted to say thank you um, for being you and walking the talk and doing what you do.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I remember when you shared that with me about Maharaji and I got tears in my eyes. It's just so beautiful. I feel like Maharaji brought us together. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. The connection feels so beautiful and so grounded in love and magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a funny connection. The people out there... When I find other devotees, and I've known that I've been drawn to this person, but I don't really know why, but I just totally follow my heart. And then Baba's always in the background, you know, it's like such a Leela, and I'm here for it. So I'm like totally here and so excited for this conversation today. So before we drop in, And I have a lot of questions for you. I would love for you to share about your journey, um, anything that feels important to share today, what got you here, and we'll really set the stage for our chat today.
1: Yeah. So I'll start from when I first started experimenting with psychedelics. I was 16. I was young. I was in high school. It was very recreational. I just continued to Experiment and explore with psychedelics for about 10 years in this way, whenever the opportunity would arise. It was very recreational though, and although the experiences were important for me, I was not having any long-term healing or transformation because of the work that I was doing. And in fact, the symptoms I was struggling with for all those years were just growing worse and worse over time. So I was struggling with social anxiety and bulimia. And so both of those symptoms were just making my life smaller and smaller and smaller. And although I was you know, using medicine here and there, nothing was healing. And so about nine or 10 years ago, I began to feel a really strong pull to to work with medicine with intention. Mm. I didn't really know where how to go about it in the States, but I just knew this is something I have to do. And that was it. And so one night I worked with mushrooms with a friend. And it was like the first time I dipped my toe into intentional use. And I was more present with myself and my experience that night. I even took time away from my friend and just had my own experience. And I received two very clear messages from the medicine that night. They were so clear. It was like the medicine was speaking directly to me, like with a voice. And so the first message was, you have to heal yourself before you can help other people heal. And the second was, you have to go work with ayahuasca. And so I like to say when the mushrooms tell you to do something, you listen. And so like magic, the next day, I was invited into an ayahuasca circle. Before that, I had never known where to go. The next day, I was invited in. I started working with ayahuasca that summer, and after four ceremonies, I began to change my whole life. So I sat in four ceremonies in two months. So it really took two months of intentional work to begin changing my whole life after 10 years of recreational use. And so after that fourth ceremony, I told my my parents and my siblings that I had an eating disorder. No one knew. It was a big secret. And I was very much living a double life with no integrity, like just a lot of lying. And I told my close friends what was going on. And then I checked myself into treatment. And so... The, you know, the medicine did not do the work for me. As you know, we speak about so much because I had to do daily work for so many years to really get into a space of grounded healing with, with the eating disorder. But without the medicine, I don't believe I ever would have been able to get myself help and to walk through severe shame, fear, and denial. And so... As a, you know, during this time, I was on track to becoming a therapist. And as a therapist, I became so passionate about this work because I saw how profoundly it supported me with my own healing. And so I was committed to helping other people access this work in a safe way. So I didn't know how to do that. So I began to research and I found a psychedelic therapy program in California and I went there. And from there, it just grew and grew and. Um, I I worked for a psilocybin retreat company. I assisted a shaman for a brief period of time. And then my partner and I started AXIS Mundi a few years ago. That's how we ended up here.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing all of that. That was so poetic and beautiful. And I want to go back to the intention of the medicine because that was like such a huge moment for me in the training. But before we go there, can you share a little bit about AXIS Mundi and what you do now? Because it's pretty incredible what you've built. Thank you. Yeah, so our intention at Access Mundi is to provide
1: resources and support that make intentional work with psychedelics accessible to those who feel called to it. So, so often this work is not accessible for people due to cost or not knowing where to locate it or not knowing trustworthy souls to work with. And so people were always asking us, like, how, how do we do this? And we thought, okay, we have to make some resources to make this very easily accessible because people are working with medicine at home and they don't know what they're doing. So let's help them do this with intention so that it can really support their healing Um, and that's how we began and so we have online courses trainings and one-on-one sessions all around medicine work
0: amazing congrats by the way it's so beautiful and the fact that you're operating in such like a clean way energetically I just want to name like I find in the spiritual businesses there can just be like a lot of it's like the wild wild west when it comes to ethics and there's not any like you know clear rules so there's just a lot of gray areas and i was really interested from that standpoint in how you would approach certain topics and hold space for certain conversations and it's like the cleanest like clearest business model and just energy around it. It's just straight love and truth and you can feel the intention. And I'm so excited for the future of this industry and the fact that you're a leader in it and at the forefront of it. And I want to come back to that. But before we go any further, I want to sort of a uh, rewind for people who might be new to psychedelics and this work and what i want to really focus on today i have not done an ayahuasca ceremony and in all honesty before i met you i was not interested in it And so I'm like listening now and I'm understanding a little bit more after doing a microdosing protocol and doing your training. And so I haven't really publicly spoken about this, but I have just like you all throughout my twenties, you know, done drugs recreationally. And I say done drugs because it's a different intention than working with plant medicine, which is what I do now. And so I, knew what I was getting into sort of to an extent, but I was called to you before I was called to do microdosing. So I was just really called to what you were sharing and the beauty in your posts and the energy in which you were speaking about it. And this was right around the time that Fantastic Fungi came out and How to Change Your Mind came out. And so there was just a lot of this like call for me towards mushrooms specifically, towards psilocybin specifically. Um, We have this great mushroom shop here. I started buying Lion's Mane. I know Tonya, who's the founder of Rainbow Mushrooms, and I've had her on here. And we go back like 10 years. And so this like mushroom magic started seeping into me. And it started with lion's mane. It started with my like eleven eleven mushroom tincture. And then I started learning about the effects. And so I want you to share specifically around psilocybin and working with the medicine, whether it's a microdose, mesodose, or macrodose, which I would love for you to share the difference because I was microdosing the other morning and my mom's like, so are you going to be high? And I'm like, No, you know, when I say microdose, it means no psychoactive effect, you know, when I'm using that word. So I'd love to just name before we go even deeper, just for the sake of this hour, we're going to give some context specifically around microdosing and psilocybin and sort of the barrier to entry that some people feel and how you like to introduce people to the benefits of microdosing in the medicine from like day one.
1: Yeah, so okay, great questions. Let's start with a microdose. So like you said, it's a sub-perceptual amount of psychedelic medicine, meaning that there are no strong psychedelic effects When you have the proper dose for your microdose, you can drive, you can parent, you can go to work, you can engage in all of the typical roles and responsibilities of your daily life. So that's microdosing. A mesodose is just another word for a low dose journey. So a mesodose is not something where you would go to work on or drive on, but it is something where you would be home in a safe space where you can go inward, maybe put some music on and lay down and just be present with the effects of the medicine. But it's a very low dose. So you're not having a strong experience, um, but you're, you're gently entering the medicine space. And a macro dose is a full dose medicine journey where there are strong psychedelic effects you're absolutely not driving, you're going to work, you're inward, you're laying down, you're being present with your experience. And yeah, the effects are strong. So it's an altered state of consciousness.
0: Okay. (laughs) So that's where we're going to start. And so the work that I have been called to do and specifically what I want to talk about is this microdosing protocol. Um, that I did because I have I live in Santa Cruz and I just have access to like really amazing plant medicine here honeys and so I've quote unquote microdosed before many times but not with a protocol and so when I joined your microdose practitioner training which I want to talk about the actual training portion in a bit because that's Just such an incredible offering that you have. I did a protocol along with it. And so this protocol was like two days on, two days off for 25 days. And I feel changed. I feel happier. And I feel like I have access to more tools in my own being that I can tap into without having to look outside of me. I found so many answers and it was so subtle. And I think for anybody that has fear around psychedelics, because that's something I really want to touch on. I am such a controlling, like type A, it is so hard for me to even like take an Advil PM because the idea of feeling out of control or not waking up is so tough. And so for me, being introduced to psychedelics through microdosing felt so safe. It was like such a safe way, knowing that I wanted to understand the effects of the medicine and I had the intention there, but I was still afraid of like feeling out of control. You know, we've had these bad trips we talk about. I like had this bad acid trip in my 20s. It was like, you know, totally insane. I should have never done that. And I've been really scared ever since. It's totally turned me off of ayahuasca, any of this type of altered consciousness. And so if that fear is there, I also now realize that it meant that I had to lean into it because that's what the medicine has taught me. And so I have yet to do a macrodose, but I feel really safe and I feel really called because I trust myself. And so the microdosing has given me self-trust. You can, you know, play with the dosage. So the milligrams are really specific and you're really supportive throughout that process. So I had this just like transformational experience. I'm going through a lot postpartum and for anybody that just feels fear or a barrier to entry around that, my advice to you is like lean into that fear and surrendering to that, like out of control feeling. Because it's really about trusting yourself and trusting the medicine. I was hoping you could maybe add a little bit more to this around just like the fear or what if I have a bad trip or, you know, what if this happens? And the fear sort of that loops that, that play that almost take away from, yeah, that intentional experience that in many ways, I feel like the fear is directing us towards.
1: Yeah, thank you for this. So first, I just want to say that if you are feeling fear before intentionally working with medicine, it is so natural. That is so natural. Many of us have been brought up to have you know, stigma around these things. And we have a lot of programs that we're working through when we begin to engage with these medicines intentionally. Some of us also, like you had, had bad experiences, recreational experiences when we were younger, because we were working with the medicine in environments that are not conducive to, you know, for medicine work. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, first of all, just know that it is so natural for that fear to be there. And it does not mean that this is not for you. So, If you are feeling called to this work on an intuitive level, if you're, if you just feel your soul is guiding you to this, that's the truth. You know, that's spirit speaking through you. It's your soul speaking to you and guiding you. That's the truth. The fear is in the mind. It's in the ego. It's illusion, but it's, it's also a very real (laughs) experience, you know, feeling it. And so honor the fear, hold space for the fear, And know that if you're feeling a really deep pull to this work, like trust that and let that guide you. That being said, never begin intentional work with psychedelics until you are supported and you feel ready. There's never any rush to begin. And I would only want you to begin when you feel grounded
0: in your choice and supported in the work that you're going to be doing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think that's really important and just going back to why I was so drawn to working with you, I was drawn to your posts and your shares before I was really drawn to doing a protocol or even the training and that's because I was in fear of it, but then I sort of I feel like you're such a nice bridge and really normalizing and like mainstreaming a lot of these benefits that I think people just don't know about because like people knew about these benefits. Everyone would be doing this. And I'm pretty sure this is the future. And I'm pretty sure this is like going to be really successful and really mainstream especially after experiencing it myself can you share just high level some of like the biggest benefits that maybe people don't know about for me when i learned that the medicine was actually creating new pathways like new connections in my brain that to me was like i want to unlock something like There's a new thing that can be created inside my brain. You know, like that is so insane. I have to try it. It's so funny, the thing that like sends somebody over to be like, okay, yes. What are some of those things that you've heard that people share that are just like, you know, the biggest we wish we could scream from the rooftop benefits?
1: Yeah, so the specific benefits that someone will receive really depend on what is bringing them to this work and what their intention is. That being said, there are some very common benefits that we can experience, like Support feeling feelings that need to be felt, feelings that we've denied, suppressed, repressed, minimized, that's huge. Support with grief, support with creativity and tapping into flow states. Support with anxiety, depression, including postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, Support transitioning off of SSRIs, which often can bring about a lot of withdrawal effects. And when we microdose in that period, it can really help minimize withdrawal effects. Support, you know, feeling connected to ourselves, to nature, to spirit, to other people. Um, support in in communicating with integrity and honesty support, setting boundaries, speaking our truth, living in alignment with our truth. Um, yeah, the list goes on. There's,
0: there's so many things. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I mean, it just, and check, 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 check. Like I really feel that it's made me a better person. The world feels a little bit brighter. And as somebody who does struggle with anxiety and is experiencing postpartum depression for the first time, I am so glad I have this tool. I have this medicine like in my toolkit and just yesterday. So after doing the protocol now, you know, you don't do it every day. That's not how it works. I'm not doing, I'm not microdosing every single day. It's sort of like on an as needed basis. I think of it as my nature Xanax. And yesterday after two nights of like no sleep, I literally sat down and was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do today. And I like, felt energized even before microdosing, you know, like I felt the magic. And so I felt called to do it. I microdosed yesterday morning and halfway through the day I was like, I feel happy, like almost confused, you know, because I've been so low and it really brings you for me, I would say like 15 to 20% like up. So whatever the intention is, if I'm feeling stuck, if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm like you said, the intention is so important and that's where I want to go next. But whatever it is that I set the intention for, it's not like 100% fixed, right? But I would say it gives me this like 20% sort of like bump up to like do it and show up. And it was like the lift I needed and the medicine I needed. And there's no psychedelic like hallucinogenic experiences happening here in my little office. I'm just working in flow, but more tapped in, more tuned in, and just feeling more grateful and alive. So I'm just a huge fan of the medicine. And thank you for You know, letting me share my journey for the first time really right now, because it has been really profound and really sacred. Um, I wanted to really go through it and process it. And I knew this episode was coming and it would just be a great time for me to scream from the rooftops the benefits of this if you feel called and when you feel grounded and safe to do so. Because for me, I really did feel called like I shared. And so I want to share more and talk about the intention behind everything that you do, because this was one of my biggest takeaways from the training is it's more about the intention than really the structure, right? So instead of like, okay, this is how we work with the medicine and this is how we follow the rules. It's like, well, let's talk about the intention. And that was really beautiful for me. And I think a really big takeaway for Anyone holding space for anyone, whether it be in like a professional environment, a friendship environment, and even holding space for yourself, how we bring these intentions through and how you help people set the intention. Because when I first came, I didn't even know what my intention was, I just felt called to the work. So, can we share more about that? Because for me, the intention now is everything and how we help figure out what those intentions are.
1: Yeah. So intention is a huge part of intentional medicine work. And so there there are two, two intentions we set when we're microdosing. The first is the intention for the overall practice. And so if you're trying to determine what your intention is for the whole practice, I would say you could journal on the following questions or just reflect on them internally or speak about them in therapy or with a loved one. The questions would be, What are you hoping to receive from this experience? What is your reason for inviting medicine into your life at this time? Where are you seeking healing or evolution? And then what is your intention? So those are just some questions to get you started. And then aside from your intention for the overall practice, I would want you to set an intention every single day you're actually taking the microdose because that day may have a specific need that tomorrow you know, won't. And so every day is different and every single day is meant to support our evolution in different ways. And so every single day you're about to take the medicine, I want you to set an intention for the day ahead. Your intention will help to guide your work for the day with the medicine it will help to guide your experience. And so if my intention for my overall practice is to love myself more, my intention each day will look different. It might be to set a necessary boundary that I need to set, to share with my partner how I'm feeling, to speak kindly to myself, right? So every day it might be a little different, and if every day it's the same, that's okay, too. But just the mm-hmm. simple act of setting an intention each day, it just helps to bring some spirit, some soul, some love to the practice so that we're not just mindlessly taking this pill and thinking it's going to solve our problems for us. It just helps us you know, actively participate in our healing.
0: Yeah. I I love all of what you shared. And I think this practice can be something we do without the medicine. I think that's also what I learned from you guys is like, even on days I'm not microdosing, I'm still showing up and closing my eyes and setting that intention for spirit to work with me. And I think we can tap into that energy at all times, but what the medicine really does for me, because I'm remembering I took medicine this morning is it brings me presence, right? So it's on a morning that I've microdosed, I'm going to be more present because I'm like sort of listening or waiting for a sensation or that feeling or sort of that, you know, knowing that, okay, the medicine is now working. And so I'm more tuned into my body and it's created more presence for me. And so I've taken this practice of daily intention into my daily life and, not only that, but into my calls and into the space that I'm holding. What is my intention for this call? What is the outcome? How can I hold space? How can I be in service? And it's just such a beautiful and easy Practice, but one that we forget to do. And I find that doing the intention with the medicine, because it was like this little ritual where before you would take it, I set the intention, I say a prayer. I'm like, why don't I just do this every day? So I feel like so many of the of the teachings in the training I use now daily, regardless of how I'm going to actually use the certification. And that's what I love so much about what you're doing is you're like subtly microdosing us with Brooke (laughs) to be like, you know, just a more intentional, kinder, alive human. And it's really beautiful what you share. So thank you for talking about that. Um, I wanna talk about as a space holder and facilitator, I feel when we are holding space for people that are, you know, microdosing or even mesodosing, There's like a whole other element. And being in these ayahuasca ceremonies, I'd love to hear about your experience as a space holder. I am a retreat leader. I host a lot of sort of forums and communities and workshops and holding the space is like so sacred to me. And creating like a safe space is something that I really took away from your training. And I want you to share your journey as a facilitator and space holder, specifically ayahuasca therapy. It doesn't matter specifically other than, you know, we're holding people in this really tender and vulnerable way. And I find that, there's just a lot of gray area when it comes to space holding and just your, your spiel on it and what you want to say about it. And we can go from there.
1: Yeah. So as someone who would experience shame really easily, it is my intention now as a space holder, whether it's a professional or a personal you know, connection or, or setting, my intention is to always help the person I'm with feel so deeply safe so that they can share anything, feel anything, do anything,
0: say anything without feeling shame. That is my number one intention. It's such a beautiful gift to somebody, I think, to just create a safe space. And I haven't felt that in a really long time, just like a truly safe space. Even coming into your training, I didn't know anyone. And the space that you and Michael held, I really learned so much. And I even brought that into the retreat that I taught. One thing being actually um, how you talked to people who were maybe taking up a lot of space. And one thing that you shared, which I have now completely taken is if you are somebody that is a constant like hand raiser and sharer and wanting to participate. I love you. Thank you for being here. Like, please, I want to hear what you have to say, but also know that like quiet and silence is okay. And sometimes we need that in order for somebody to feel comfortable or safe sharing. And that is such a beautiful and loving way to talk to and control the energy in a certain way. I use the word control because when we're in an environment where people are sharing, people are feeling as the facilitator, it's our job to make sure everybody feels safe and heard. But at the same time, we can't have one person taking the whole experience because everyone paid, everyone's here. Like We need to make sure everybody gets that chance. And so I really didn't have a clean method that I felt was clean to name that until you said that. Not only that, I'm the sharer. And I really held back in the training because I wanted to hear what people would say if I didn't speak up first. And I have to say, as a sharer, I got so much out of that experience and practice because I'm always the first to raise my hand since high school, like since class, front row hand raised, like, that's who I am. I want to speak. I want to share. I want the teacher to see me. I want the teacher to know me. I want to be the favorite, you know, just ego, ego, ego. And when you share that, I was like, oh, that's me, you know, like, that's me. And then I started thinking about the people in my spaces who would benefit from that type of loving reminder. And I feel that that's really what comes down to it is you said it in such a loving way, in such a gentle way in such a safe way that it didn't make me feel called out. It actually made me feel safe. And so some of these tactics I've learned that were super, super powerful and just questions to ask. I mean, I would practice it with clay and I realized in listening and watching the training around space holding specifically how much I was still like energetically sort of like entering the space as a facilitator with my own experience, with my own knowledge. And as a facilitator, obviously we want to be able to share our knowledge and create mentorship and that relationship, but to be able to like safely hold space for someone I feel is the biggest takeaway I had from this training, and I have no intention in the near future to hold space and be an actual microdose practitioner. I know my sister wants me to like help her through a protocol, which is so beautiful because she was not called to this work for so long, and she's just seeing the benefits. And I feel like that's like so Maharaji too. I hate to bring it back to Neem Curly Baba, but. I'm going to. And it's one of those things because I have him all over my house, right? And so people come in and some people don't say a word. They don't notice it or they don't acknowledge it. And it is what it is. Other people are like, who's the guy in the blanket? And they're like called to ask more. And then I've had friends over the years be like, so I'm like, could you tell me more about Name Crowley Baba? And at that point, I'm like, why yes I can. Right. But it's like, you don't push it on people. Mm -hmm. And that's the magic of Baba. And I feel that is the magic of microdosing. And this work is you just live your life and you are learning this medicine and you're creating like change in your life and people see it and they're drawn to it. And then you can sort of like let them in because they're ready and they asked for it. And so I find this to just be the most beautiful practice and Can you share now a little bit more about the training program and that's different than, you know, a one-on-one protocol or working with the medicine yourself. How did you decide to expand it and what's that been like sharing this with other people who are going to then go out and hold the space?
1: Yeah. So for years, people would ask us if we had trainings and we'd always say, no, 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 no. This happened for years. And finally, in the fall, someone messaged me on Instagram. She said, I'm a therapist. You have trainings. And I was like, that's it. The the universe is definitely telling us to hold trainings. So I, I said, okay, we're going to have a microdosing practitioner training. And the whole thing came through in two days. Like I had the sales page, I had the curriculum. It was just like, you know, Maharaji and the medicine just gave it right to me. And we had like 40 people apply for the first training. It was wild. And so it came together really fast, like spirit was just working through us. And we, began to get experience as, um, you know, training people, which was a new experience. I had a lot of experience as a therapist, and holding space for medicine work, but this was a new experience. And it actually felt really, really comfortable for me a lot more comfortable than I was anticipating. And we just naturally went into it. And The people
0: we attract to the trainings are so beautiful. The community is so beautiful. I was blown away by some of the work these people are doing out in the world with the medicine and their intention for it. I think that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't really know what my intention was other than I'm a space holder and I want to be able to have more tools in my toolkit. And that was it. But some of these people in the program, I mean, they're saving lives. They're working with like PTSD and these like crazy situations. And I just couldn't believe the people who came through and who showed up to work in this way. And I think, you know, depending on what you're looking for, this training to me is like for any coach, any healer, anyone who's wanting to facilitate a group or vulnerable, you know, people. But more than that, like I was interested in learning about the medicine. So it was like a win-win because I got to learn the benefits. I now definitely want to work it into a retreat. Like there's no, I mean, my dream is to be able to combine the medicine with my, you know, mentorship. And I don't know how we're going to figure this out, but that's amazing. it all yeah. just became possible from this training. And so, I just am so called to you and the work that you do. And for everybody listening, you know, whether you're called to the medicine or not, I still recommend looking into Brooke's work because I feel that it's a lot bigger than the medicine. And I'm just going to call you out and say, in many ways, I feel you like hiding behind the medicine. A little bit like, oh, it's the medicine. It's the medicine. But I'm like, it's Brooke people. Let me just tell you like what you've created, the community, the vibe, the energy. It's safe. It's safe and it's clean. And I want to scream it from the rooftops because that's the other thing. For so long, if I started talking about microdosing on the pod, I'll immediately start getting questions of like, well, who do you recommend? And until I had gone through the protocol or training, I didn't feel safe. Um, to do that. And so I'm like, here we are. And I highly recommend this practice. Who would you say though, specifically that the practitioner trainings are for?
1: I would say firstly, you know, if you're feeling called to support others in their microdosing practice, definitely join. We're having our last one. This, it starts in April. Oh, great. So- yeah, that's the last microdosing one. And then we have a psychedelic integration one, which is also the last one, because I feel we're just being guided to something new. Um, but there will always be self-study versions. So yeah, if you're feeling called to support people in their medicine work, like you said, if you're a space holder of any kind, we have people join the training and they say, we have no idea why we're here, but we just feel we're here for a reason. Great. You know, just let your intuition guide you. We're happy to have you no matter if you want to do this professionally or not, you are so welcome in our space. Um, yeah. So if you're feeling a call, just honor that.
0: Yeah, that's really great. Thank you for that invitation. The other thing I really wanted to talk about and touch on is this industry as a whole, because I obviously am always thinking about this work with my marketing and sort of business hat on, and it's definitely tricky because the medicine is not legal in in many ways and i feel that it's going to be and i want to know your take on the future of psychedelics knowing what's happening being such a leader at the forefront of this work, not just within psilocybin, but ayahuasca, like it's becoming more and more mainstream. It's feeling like astrology, maybe five years ago or yoga 10 years ago, right? It's people are catching on and being at the forefront. What do you foresee happening, changing? What have you seen shift in the last five years doing this work? And what do you foresee like the next five years really looking like?
1: Yeah. So As we know, some states have decriminalized psilocybin, but decriminalization is not the same as legal, right? So we're still working on it becoming legal. And I think what will happen is that I mean, this is what I was taught by my teachers, and it seems to still resonate, that instead of the medicine just becoming legal for everyone right away, it will become legal for people with certain diagnoses. So there may be certain centers where you go to have your medicine session where there are physicians working, nurses, therapists. So it will be highly regulated Um Lots of rules and regulations around it. You know, it may be expensive and you may have to have a certain diagnosis to go there. I'm not certain. Um, But, you know, from there, over time, it may become more legal in, in more spaces or for more types of people. But I don't know if it's just going to be like cannabis is in certain states right now where you just walk into a store. I don't know if that's happening just yet, but maybe in time, that's what we're working towards. I don't really have a preference. I just want people to be safe, you know, and to be in a safe environment with trustworthy souls who are respecting the medicine and keeping it sacred. Um, So, yeah. Have
0: you seen a big shift in the last decade towards this work? Like, are you seeing more and more people getting interested in it? Yeah, I would say it's
1: definitely becoming more and more popular. Michael Pollan wrote his book, How to Change Your Mind, a number of years ago. And that book came out when I was working in Jamaica at a psilocybin retreat center. Maybe that was 2018. Mm -hmm. And from that book, I started to see so many people coming down to Jamaica just from that book alone, because that book really helped people like enter this world and open their minds to this work who had a lot of programming around it or a lot of stigma. So that that book did beautiful work in this field um, to help people um, open, open up to it. And I would say now that it's becoming decriminalized in certain places, people are definitely feeling like, okay, there's something more to this than maybe I understand. Um, I actually worked for a, a counseling center in twenty seventeen. And I asked them to write a letter of recommendation for me for the psychedelic therapy program that I wanted to go to. And they would not because they did not understand why I wanted to go there. They were judging my desire to get into this work. They actually, the counseling center had um, a drug and alcohol treatment center as part of it. And so all of these therapists were drug and alcohol, you know, counselors and therapists. And it's a shame because so many of their clients could have benefited from this work. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be curious now to see where they're at and if they're more open to it. I think some people need to see like facts and research and things like that to feel safe about it. And that's certainly coming out more and more. So yeah, I'd say people are definitely opening up to it more.
0: Yeah, it's really beautiful, I think. And I really found that fantastic fungi actually, when I could like share that with people in my life, when that documentary came out, I'm like, okay. The mushrooms are talking, the mycelium, like this is something powerful that's happening here that we can't explain. And I think when we can get out of that like analytical brain, and I really learned this with my pregnancy actually, and tune into our own inner wisdom, it's not about like how many cups of coffee you can have a day if you're pre- like it's just not. And the more we can like lean into our own inner knowing and what's right for our body and our mind and our healing, I think the more people are going to be called to doing this work. And it's just really powerful. And for anybody who's just like so averse to it, you know, like I don't want to do this or it feels like drugs and alcohol or, you know, any like whatever the thing is that's coming up, my advice is to just Explore that because I have been so sort of opposed to it for so long because of the fear of being out of control. And I didn't want to name that. And now that I've named it, I think I'm starting to heal it. And I think that's what the therapy or that's what the healing and medicine has done for me is just help me name this like huge fear I have of releasing control into the unknown, which is like where all of the beauty and magic lives. And it's such a paradox for these like type, you know, I'm speaking for myself, like type A, fear-based, anxiety-ridden, you know, multi-hat wearers, you know, functioning at such a high level to be quote unquote, out of control is like, why would I want to do that? And there's so much more to explore there. And it's just opened up so much for me. I've actually gone back to therapy after doing this protocol and just realizing that there's a lot going on that I want to process. And the medicine helps me get really quiet and present to that. So it was the gift of presence for sure. And then all of these other benefits, like you mentioned. So I'm just so happy people are finding it, but more importantly, I'm happy people are finding you. What is the future hold for Brooke? Can you give us a little sneak peek at what is happening? What feels like it's shifting? I just, I feel like there's a big you know, there's a big energy here and I'm not sure what it is.
1: <laughs> well, there we are certainly in a space of unknown right now. And- mm. um, How is that? As someone who also loves control, which Medicine Work has supported me with greatly, um, it requires deep surrender to spirit, to God, you know, to Maharaji. It takes so much trust on a moment by moment basis. Today I'm feeling really excited about it because I'm like, oh, I don't know what's coming. But the day before I was not feeling as excited, you know, more fearful. So I really just tried to let spirit lead me and there is some unknown right now. I'm excited to see what's, what's coming next. I, you know, we had a, you're supporting me with Access Mundi with our business. And when we had a meeting the other week, you mirrored back to me that there is something more here beyond the psychedelic part. And that's something I've been feeling for a long time, but I think I've been nervous to say it. And after that meeting, I you gave me permission to really go beyond where my mind was going. And so I want to thank you for that. And uh, Yeah, I don't know exactly what's happening next, but more will be revealed. Yeah,
0: well, I'm here for it and I'm along for the ride, that's for sure, because I just feel such a connection to what you're doing and so safe. So wherever you go and whatever you launch, people are going to sign up, people are going to come because I firstly was drawn to you and then to the medicine through you because you earned my trust like first and foremost. And so for everyone listening to who's feeling sort of boxed in, um, you know, people follow people and then they follow brands, right? So you've earned that trust and you have that loyalty and you have those connections and those clients and that network. And those people will follow you to the ends of the earth. And it's something I have to remind myself a lot, but that's why I wanted to name that on this show is, you know, you have supported me in the protocol, in the practitioner training, but more so in just like, How to create more intention in my life, how to show up and be a little bit more thoughtful and create more ritual around the microdosing and a journaling practice and a space holding practice. I literally practice just those questions that you shared in the space holding week with when I'm talking with my sister who I'm like always inserting my experience or my opinion with. And oftentimes I didn't know another way, right? I didn't realize there was a way to really be clean and make it all about them. And I think when we are in relationship and it's this two-way street, it's so fun to banter and go back and forth. And that's the sort of dialogue that I'm used to in coaching. But from you, I learned how to actually intentionally just hold space for that person and not insert my experience and not insert sort of my ego in any way. And it's really beautiful work. So I hope that there's more to come um, on that journey for you because I'm just, I'm here for it. My other questions, two quick questions are, what you're reading right now, and who you're following. So what you're consuming in this moment, what's inspiring you? So I just finished that Maharaji book, the
1: new one, Whisper in the Heart, I think it's called. Is that Ma? Uh, the Siddhima? Um No, it's the one of short stories of people's personal experiences with Maharaji. Oh,
0: I haven't read that one yet.
1: Oh yeah. It's newer. It came out just, just recently.
0: Like a new version of Miracle of Love. Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. It was so, so beautiful. And then I recently started reading something called The Way of the Heart. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a channeled text, sort of like A Course in Miracles. It's a channeled text. It's a three-part series and it's blowing my mind. It may sound really out there for some people listening, but it's supposed to be Jesus who is speaking. And he he's like telling you the path he took to become so loving. And he tells you exactly what to do each day and certain exercises to do. And it's blowing my mind. Reading can often be hard for me, like to finish a book. I open a lot of books, I go halfway and I stop. But when it comes to Maharaji or channeled texts, like I'm so here I'm for here. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And this book is amazing. Michael and I are reading it together. It's amazing. So it's called The Way of the Heart. And the first volume
0: is The Way of Mastery, which I'm on now. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Thank you for sharing that. I'm like – a reborn, you know, Jesus fan in the last couple of years. I'm like all in on the Bible right now. And I'm talking to a lot of my Christian friends, and I've just like feel this like major healing. This is like for a part two, but I was raised super Catholic and my grandmother. That was like really the matriarch of the whole thing. When she left her body a couple years ago, I like felt safe to almost like come back to Jesus in so many ways. And so I'm like super drawn to anything about this right now and would love to read that. Um, Who inspires you? Like who are you sort of looking to right now in terms of who's a vision holder for where you're wanting to go?
1: I really love people who serve in deep integrity and receive a lot of energy for their service. Mm. Um, I mean, Maharaji, obviously, and the saints like Ananda Ma, and mm. I, those are like my main teachers every day and the people I will forever be striving, you know, to live like. Um, but. I love like mama medicine. I feel like she serves in deep integrity and receives energy for it, you know, and her boundaries are so clear when you work with her. Like She doesn't go a moment over session time and she just has really clear boundaries. And that's something I'm always working on improving. Mm. So I,
0: I, yeah, I love her work. Yeah. yeah thank you so much <laughs> for sharing. And lastly, for people who find you, come across your work, enter your world, take your trainings... Uh, listen to this podcast, however they may cross your path. What is really your prayer for them as they're in this journey with you?
1: Mm. I pray that they just let their heart guide them and may they know that they are so loving, so loved and
0: beautiful and that they are a miracle. Mm. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. For everything, Brooke, I'm going to share all the links in the show notes. I highly recommend following her on Instagram. I highly recommend checking out some of these courses. They're so affordable. The protocol course on your site is so amazing. I've taken it so affordable. I'll put all of this in the show notes. If you're called to doing more of this work, please reach out to me. If you have questions about my experience, we can only go so deep in an hour. And obviously with 15 plants and Gemini over here, I have a lot to say about it. So please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you guys. And there is a training happening in April. So if you're super called, please reach out to me. If you want to hear about my experience and you can learn everything at Access moondiceremony.com. And we will link everything in the show notes. Is there anything else that you want to share in terms of a call to action, what people can do to learn more? No,
1: just reach out anytime if, if I can serve you in any way. And Krista, I just want to thank you so much for having me here. And I really love your podcast and your work and your business and everything you're creating and all the ways that you serve. So it's really an honor to
0: be here. So thank you. Thank you for seeing me. I really appreciate you. And Ram um, rom, rom, guys, rom what rom. a beautiful episode. I've been wanting to share this for a while. So I'm probably going to have a little vulnerability hangover after this one too. But I always know those are the best episodes. So to the pod squad, I just love you guys so much. Thanks for being on this journey with me. And until next time, keep growing.